Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to the Rate the Record podcast, episode 12. We've been in the double-digit edition for a while now, so I, this is the last time I'll ever say it. Yeah! <laughs> Woo! Dozen! Woo. You, you, you can tell exactly how creative I am with these intros and how long it takes me to think about them. <laughs> but anyways, I'm just one of the hosts off my rocker. I'm Chris, joined by... Savannah. Exactly. It's always been us. We're always just a little off the ball. But uh, one of these days, we will bounce our way on top of it. We won't. We just more crazy, more tangents and more screwball conversation. That's what you came for, isn't it? I have a feeling one day we're going to record an entire episode of an album and like not even mention the album and just go <laughs> off like crazy. Uh, so what album did we do? I don't know. You know what? I forgot to listen. <laughs> but yes, this is the Rate the Record podcast. And if you're here uh, and you've been here before, that means you like what we're doing. So make sure you hit the like and subscribe button there on YouTube. Help us build that community. We say it every single week because we mean it. We really want it. And we want you to be a part of it. Okay. Same thing with the audio world. And that is Spotify, Apple, Google, CastBox, AnchorBox, AnchorBox, Anchor FM, really, uh, Bandcamp. And I'm just going to say, yeah, Stitcher, let's just add that in, even though we're still having problems with the first six episodes. But everything else is there from, from uh, Mr. Bungle up to Queens of the Stone Age. And then this episode should also be there now. It's good, though, that Mr. Bungle's first, because for me, at least, that was my favorite episode thus far. And it seems like it's everyone's favorite episode, as (laughs) it's just towering in views, which, by the way, thank you very much for that. Mm -hmm. That's that's fucking awesome. And I'm especially happy for that, because I picked that album. Yes. I almost didn't, but then I did. So I'm very happy about that. I'm glad you did. Mm Mm-hmm. So before we get into today's album, special anniversary album, there is a disclaimer that we'd like to read each week just to make sure we're all in the same ball. Even if we don't agree with each other's opinions or we do, regardless, we don't want to be dicks about things. We want to be cool. We just want to have some fun talking about music. So we have a little disclaimer that we read and it goes as follows. The following thoughts and opinions we're going to discuss regarding this album is strictly of our own personal interests. We are not professional music reviewers. We are simply two friends having fun discussing and listening to music. We encourage respectful discussion and friendly banter of each episode, but we do not condone and will not tolerate bullying or belligerence based on the opinions of ourselves or others. This podcast is a casual and for fun project, and you are welcome to take what we say regarding the albums we rate with a grain of salt. See, at least I have that as a gimmick where it's like I'll throw up my hand like I'll, that flashy wave, look in the camera, then I'll wink. <laughs> Since I don't have a salt shaker, that's all I got. <laughs> so because we alternate reading the intro bits, um, every time you read it, my brain's like, say it, say it, jump in, say it. <laughs> What, what say, like, grain of salt? Yeah, it's just I always want to just, I, I feel like the part of it that I've memorized the most is just the last sentence. So my brain's like, do it, do it, say it. And I'm like, no, be polite. My brain's like, do it, do it, do it. But I, at that I've point, resisted I'm, so far. At that point, I'm only being flashy anyway, so do what <laughs> As long as we can all agree the grain of salt portion, then we're fine. Oh, yeah, that's the best. Well, before we actually mention what the uh, the album is, I think I've already screwed up the order of this introduction and how we <laughs> usually do it. Because, uh, yeah, so as I said before, if this is uh, not your first time here and you've been here before and I'll like and subscribe and all that stuff, uh, welcome back to the podcast. We are glad to have you here. Uh, sorry I didn't say that sooner. I'm way off my game today. That's 
a, a good telltale sign. Uh, but yeah, we're glad to have you back. But if you're brand new to this podcast, uh, no problem. Welcome to you too. We definitely want you here. So hello. Uh, if you don't know what we do, each week Savannah and I, we choose an album, be it of our own choosing random type thing, uh, special anniversary album today, or, you know, viewer's choice, which we've done in the past. Regardless of what we do, we choose an album, discuss it in length, we rank the songs, and then we rate the record. And uh, I had that little in my voice because today, yes, indeed, is a special anniversary. Mm-hmm. On the day of this episode, the day, November 15th, Beastie Boys License to Ill turns 35 years oh old. God. Jiminy so Crickets. Old. Yeah, um. I know, right? Well, at least I wasn't born by the time this album came out. I hey. Almost. Almost born. Not quite. Almost. <laughs> and Me either, smartass. He gets quiet and nervous. Hey, I did look it up and went, oh, an album that's older than me. But we've done plenty of albums that are older. Plenty or maybe just, maybe just the Tom Petty one. I think Tom Petty is the oldest album we've done so far. But yeah. I mean, as we go on, there's going to be older albums, but we'll get to oh. that when we get to them. Today is all about the Beastie Boys, License to Ill. So Savannah, tell mm. us a little bit about the Beastie Boys and this particular milestone album. All right, well, here is the story all about how three guys from New York City became the Beastie Boys. That took me a good 10 minutes. It did. So right. <laughs> the Beastie Boys, they were a hip hop group formed in New York City in 1981, Adam Horowitz, Mike Diamond, and Adam Yock. There's a Yoke. lot of uh, debate about that last name it has pronounced. <laughs> um, well, he'll be MCA from now on. Yes. Uh, took on the monikers of Ad Rock, Mike D, and MCA, respectively. Mm-hmm. After touring with Madonna in 1985, they released License to Ill in November 1986. Skipping ahead just over 25 years to 2012, the Beastie Boys were officially defunct after the death of MCA due to illness. Um, Getting back to their debut album, License to Ill, it was released on November 15th, 1986 by Def Jam and Columbia Records. It is one of Columbia Records' fastest-selling debut albums to date and became the first rap LP to top the billboard chart. So singles, they include, let me take a deep, (laughs) let me take a deep breath for this one. Hold it now, hit it. Paul Revere, the new style, fight for your right. Brass monkey, no sleep till Brooklyn girls. I have no idea. There were so many singles. I thought there were three. That was it. I only remember two two off the album and then one that occasionally gets played on the radio and it's girls, actually. Every once in a while, it gets requested awkwardly on like a retro afternoon type thing. And just, you know what it sounds like. So just imagine hearing that come up on the radio. Lord. Well, just a little, little tidbit just for this album. In 2013, Rolling Stone magazine called License to Ill the best debut album of all time and has been included in several best of lists and is still regarded as a genre changing album. Even Eminem has said it's one of his favorites. Well, yeah, didn't he recently pay homage to it? He has an album called Kamikaze. Ah, the cover, right? Yeah, yeah. I, and it's, it's, it's styled exactly after the Beastie Boys License to Ill. Yeah. 
I don't know if I, like, I'm not going to give away anything, but I don't know if I completely agree of best debut album of all time. Because, I mean, I could think of a few that are pretty damn good. Pearl I mean, Jam. Our, I would say our debut episode <laughs> talks about one of the best debut albums of all time. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, it, it the album is what it is. People love it, obviously, and it's celebrating mm-hmm. a, a very important birthday anniversary today. So we're going to cover it. And so yeah. it's time to get into the... The whole song discussion portion of the show, I suppose. Yes. So the very first song, Rhyming and Stealing. Go for it. Yup. <laughs> it's a song. <laughs> it is a song. Um, so for a first track, it is nice to hear actual handheld instruments. So it kind of gives you a huh, I hope they keep up with this. So that's a, that's an optimistic point I, I get from that. And um, that uh, opening drum beat, definitely a sample. Don't know where it's from, but it is so familiar. It's it's right there. Teacher, answer my you question. Know it. You know it. What is I, it? What is it? I believe it's when the levee breaks by Led Zeppelin. Oh, that's okay. So I, I, like, I as know soon as I actually. My very one, my my very first note is like kind of two and one here. So excellent, grimy start to the album, and then is that real drums or a Led Zeppelin sample? <laughs> because yeah. like I immediately knew when the levee breaks, like that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, I, I heard it, and I was like, ah, I know this, I know this. I'm like, ah, I can't place it. And spoiler alert, there's a, another Led Zeppelin sample to come up later on in the album. We'll talk about that when we get there. Same thing, and then I had to look that one up. <laughs> now, I, I'm wondering, was this actual, like, instrumentation in this song, or was it just a sample? Because, like, yeah. it's very brief, but, I mean, uh, it, you didn't mention the the intro, but, like, if people didn't know, the BC Boys started as a punk band in the 70s, so they, they do play their own instruments. They know how. Or, I mean, as much as a punk rock band from the 70s can play instruments. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it, you've definitely heard it, like, you know, Sabotage and What You Want and stuff like that. As mm-hmm. a matter of fact, this song, as I have in a note, too, uh, this song was a sign of things to come in their career because this sounded a lot like What You Want would become down the road. Yeah. Which is good because I actually really like that song. Very, very good song. Uh, but, yeah, uh, this one... You're going to find that I don't have a lot to say about some of these songs, so I purposely started looking at lyrics just to find things to say. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is a lot of the lyrics on this entire album are like the same things over and over again. Just uh, you're killing people, stealing things, and you're rhyming. Yep. That's pretty much every lyric on the entire album. <laughs> but but to be fair, they're, they're rhyming and stealing, so they're doing more rhyming and less stealing. Unless they're just stealing rhymes or stealing samples. I I don't know. Oh, shit. Did they ever pay Led Zeppelin? Hmm. Times for Google. I'm just kidding. I don't care that much. Yeah, but like lyrically, obviously it it has a common theme with like a lot of different rap tracks, especially of the time when like rap was just kind of coming up. Because like, you know, it wasn't really much in the 80s until like, towards the end when gangster rap got really big, like NWA and stuff like that's when it blew up. So this time, like it was still kind of finding its footing. Uh, but yeah, you definitely hear this lyrical theme going forward and just like, you know, your, your basic themes too, like claiming you're the best while taking out the rest and, you know, blings and bitches and shit. Like that's, yeah. that's the song. And that's pretty much the album. And parties. 
Nah, that, that goes with the blings and bitches. Ah, yes. Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of drinking. They all, actually, the song Brass Monkey coming up is actually, I had to look it up. It is like a, a mixed drink they sold in like the 70s and 80s, but you can get it like in bottle form. Like how you have like mixed cocktail drinks now oh, in bottles. Okay. There's one called Brass Monkey, and I, it's either that or it's the term uh, freeze the balls off a of brass monkey, which just means it's very cold. But that's not what it's about. I think it's about the alcohol. Um. <laughs> so I had a note for the the first song here, and it is the first mention of Brass Monkey of the album. Yeah, there's a few, including a whole song to it. Yep. <laughs> so yep. they mu- we found their drink of choice. Yeah, I think one one of my notes was, what is Brass Monkey? And then for the song, I had to Google it. I'm like, I, I have to know. Yeah, Sounds I like did. a sex thing. It is not. No, I mean, it very well could be a sex thing, but it's definitely yeah. a drink, though. Interesting. <laughs> um. It's it's cool too because the, like this was like a heavier track too like heavier especially heavier than rap is usually presented. Yeah. So I mean like as rap was gaining its footing, this must have freaked some people out. Like I know some parents were freaked out by it. So I mean it did its job. It's Shocking wild music. to think. It's wild to think of that now because you're like that's absolutely nothing compared it is to tame. what I've seen. Oh hell yeah! Even considering again NWA coming out in a few years, I mean that's when shit got scary in rap music. That like how aggressive they were with it. Like and I yeah. fucking love NWA, I really do. But I mean like yeah, this is tamed to today's standards. Oh hell yeah! Yikes! A child's play. Uh, and so I'm gonna make this note too, just because it's gonna come up a lot, and I know it will. Uh, this is rap, especially from the '80s, and so it's. I, I was talking to you uh, to this. I was talking to you about this off camera, uh, how it's '80s rap and even like '90s rap, just very loop based, very repetitive. Doesn't really change much melodically or anything like that. So you just kind of take it for what it is and have fun with it. Uh, so I'm not going to rip on that a whole lot. I'm not going to be harsh about that on this album. I'm just because I know it's gonna just be like that for the whole thing. So yeah, other because if this wasn't a rap album, I would destroy it. This album for that reason alone of how repetitive everything is. But I get it, so I will leave it be. Yeah, I'm not that mean. Take it for what it is, right? But I did say that this song felt like an like an extended four minute verse. It just never changes and never ends. Yep. Yeah. I uh, I have that exact note for a song coming up, almost verbatim. I was about to say I, I have that for like multiple songs, but again, yeah. not gonna bring them up because I'm gonna be nice about things. You still have your uh your one free ticket to talk about it. <laughs> All right, so the next song, yeah. the new style. I I personally like the aggressive like sampling style so far in this album because again I don't know if it's in- real instrumentation or just sampling itself. Yeah. But like it feels more aggressive, so like I kind of like that feel to it. It's simple, but it's effective. I I really liked the record scratching or DJ shenanigans, whatever was going on. It kind of, it broke up. Hold on, cutting you off because you say guitar wankery, you call this DJ wankery. The shenanigans. You're going to use a different word. You can just keep using the word wankery. It's so <laughs> wanky. There you yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, I, I don't know. It, it went from, you know, rapping verse and then it was kind of like a, DJ chorus, I guess. Um, I don't know. I I was digging it. Um, wasn't interested in the whole song sort of cruising at the same speed, but near the end, the tempo dropped. So it kind of went a little slower. I appreciated that. Kind of wish it came in a little sooner, but I appreciated it when it showed up. Yeah. 
Um, uh, so yeah, that little chorus thing that you're mentioning, uh, it, it's like, yeah, like a breakbeat style bridge, I guess. Mm-hmm. Breakbeat was like huge to use in that time. And I think lo-fi still uses it a lot too, but regardless, yeah, like I thought that was a really nice touch. At least yeah. they're adding something new. Yeah. It kept the song fresh. So it's a nice way of doing it. Um, I wrote a spit actually before I get to a specific line, I want to talk about real quick. Uh, I'll, you mentioned towards the end of the song too, how it started to feel a little different as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like the beat drops at, in the last third of the track and it changes. And I, I, I like when rap songs do that, like rap and hip hop where like you have the same thing kind of running all the way through, but then at the end, just like suddenly it's kind of like they're dropping a whole new track right at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like, it's funny cause I've complained about stuff like that in the past, but I don't know. In hip hop, I kind of like it because I guess because things have been so repetitive, it's just like, oh, something fresh. Yeah, it like catches your attention for the second time. Like it got you into the song, but now it has to keep you. Yeah, even though it's like two thirds of the way through the song. Yeah, I, I do wish it came in a little, a little sooner. Um, so I think it was like maybe it was the last core, the last vocal part, whether it's a verse, chorus, whatever it is. Um, you, you hear the background woes. I don't, I don't really, I can't really replicate the melody. Yeah. Right. So at the end where it's just, whoa, okay, that's fine. But listening to it over top of like flowing lyrics, I was like, I feel like seven people are yelling at me right now. I'm like, could have done without it while he was rapping, but maybe kind of brought it in a little later mm-hmm. so then it wasn't so overwhelming. But aside from that, it, it wasn't a bad song at it, all. The, the, the woes felt obnoxious, but I, I feel like they did that on purpose. Yeah. I, I think they knew how obnoxious it was and they didn't care. Yeah. Because like, I don't know, even as the instrumentals started to fade and they were still woeing at the end. Yeah. You can kind of hear yeah. them cracking up a little. It's just like, you know what you're doing. <laughs> oh, God. Well, they were in their early 20s, so they were probably oh, like, yeah. let's see how much we can get away with. But even being in your early 20s, uh, another lyrical breakdown here. One line, I actually paused the song and had to like reread the lyrics. Quote, the girlies I like are underage. Ah, yes, I heard that one. Um, So, like, literally the rhyme before that was talking, they were talking about, like, Jimmy Page. Something like, if I was a rock star, I'd be Jimmy Page. The girlies I like are underage. And so I don't know if that's a rip on some sort of, like, story about Jimmy Page I'm not aware of, which rockers of the 60s and 70s, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, I don't know if that, or if he was just, like... It was a smooth transition style rhyme. Hopefully not an admission of guilt, but it was a bold <laughs> choice to use that rhyme. I'll say that much. It yep. stopped me in my tracks. I was like, you might not want to say that out loud. Yeah. Like, hold up. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that and was like, huh. I don't know how it shocked me so much as to when, like, you know, you listen to, again, like, rock and metal tracks of the 70s and talk about, like, 17, 16, 15-year-old girls, Ted Nugent, 13-year-old girl. Like, I mean... Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler. Literally, like, any big-name rocker. Any of them. You you just throw a dart at a dartboard and chances are you just hit a pedophile. I mean, like... Uh, we just t- did. We just talk a few weeks about go about Gary Glitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, off about him. Now we're done about yep. that. We can move yep. on. Yep. Number three, she's do. crafty. What do you got? Zeppelin guitar riff. Hey, there it is. First, the second one. First line, because I I did have to Google it because now do you I was know like, what song I know this. One this. Was. Oh, 
I read it, but I don't know it offhand. I don't remember personally. I'm not a huge Zeppelin fan as it is. I know yeah. what the song is. I just sometimes I have a hard time placing titles on songs, but yeah. I'll, I know it when I hear it. If it if it's not the immigrant song or Stairway to Heaven, I probably won't remember the song title of a Led Zeppelin song. Fair. So, yeah. Um. <clears throat> so this song to me it felt like less like a rap song and more just like a rock song, I guess, or rock pop. Um, I was sort of bored halfway through. I was kind of like, okay, like, are, are you offering me anything else? And by the time the song was over, the answer was no. <laughs> yeah. It, the vert, the two verses that were in there just kind of, play themselves out pretty quickly and just the chorus didn't really add too much because although I will say on that note, like not adding too much, I, I actually have kind of a praise for that in a way because I wrote a note that says as compared to like today's rap and hip hop, mm -hmm. like this almost feels like it has like a very minimal style to it, which is really interesting to hear in a rap song because like, you know, nowadays you, you get like, especially with trap music, you get, you get like those trilling 808s and like, like deep basses that just crush everything else in the mix. Whereas mm -hmm. like this was like sans all of that. So I mean like it, to have a minimal style in hip hop feels very interesting sometimes. And I like for the first little while in this album that worked for me, but it started to get a little tiresome after a while, but first little while we're only into the third song. We have 10 more. Well, yeah. And as I said, it works well, well for the first few songs, but after a little while it starts to yeah. wear and you'll probably hear me mention that at some point anyway. And then the next song you're like, yeah, yeah. It wore off. I hate it now. And uh, like even going into the end of the song too, like as nothing was really happening, although they added more, tom drums and what mm -hmm. sounds like a glass jar i know that that it has a set it has an instrument like a name and i don't remember what it is but it sounds like hitting a glass jar yeah uh they were just a little too loud and jarring and so like it just felt really <laughs> out of place it didn't it didn't do anything to enhance or accompany like what was happening so i'm just like why even bother jarring jarring yes yes pun that's in all. there somewhere that's all rim that, shot that's literally the only reason i'm here um do you want to end the episode now then <laughs> no because then you're gonna kick me out i want that uh i did notice that in a couple songs forward i was like is somebody just sitting there just tapping a cup but if that's an actual instrument i'm really intrigued there is a there is a 100 a name for it and i know what it is too that's what the part that gets me angry like i know what it is but yet i can't remember it for the life of me huh, what, what's weird it. too is like adding things like that is maybe that like it's just the mixing that's bad for that particular part but like the fact that rick rubin produced this album like did he okay that part and then he heard the mixing he's like hey that's pretty cool it's like yeah. no it's not turn it down <laughs> Apparently he was uh, doing Slayer's Rain and Blood at the same time, so which maybe... would uh, explain uh, a cameo later in the album. Yes, two cam technically two cameos by the same person. Oh shit! I only saw the one. Cool. Uh, you definitely into because I know I know you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. But for those of you who don't, for some reason, we'll get there in a minute. And by minute, yeah. I mean like a few because we got a handful of songs to go. Yep. Uh, I don't really have anything else to say about She's Crafty. Me neither, but I'm I'm really intrigued to see what the hell I was listening to in the next song. All right. So, so Posse in Effect is the next song, song number four on this album. Um, 
depends depending on what you're talking out talking about specifically like I'll I'll mention that the the heavy effects you can hear on the snare drum through this entire song. What okay. is that? <laughs> I was gonna say it was it was really distracting, but it, yeah. I said at least they made an effort to have the track sound somewhat different. Yes, yes. Uh, my sentence was just, "What kind of sound effect is that for the snare?" Laugh out loud. <laughs> it it sounds like something used in early industrial music. To be honest, I wanted yeah. to make a note about, note about it, but I didn't because I couldn't think of a comparison. But it's like just that style of sound. It's like. Chances are there's an industrial band out there who used it. Like maybe Skinny Puppy did for all I know. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> ah, Skinny Puppy, that'd be cool to do. But anyways, that's my own little uh, thought bubble floating away there. Yeah. Um, I I do like the sound and the feel of the guitar samples, which again, assuming they're guitar samples, because uh, like they're grouped together very tightly, mm-hmm. but also each group of these small little breaks of instrument are like spaced very far apart in the verses. Yeah. I don't mind that sometimes, but I mean, like, it's been doing it a lot so far in this album, so, like, you're really kind of ruining the effect it has. Yeah. If that makes it, any sense. Is it just, like, the the weight for it, or, like... Yeah, it's it's kind of, like, a lot of anticipations. It sounds like... It feels like anticipation being built between... Because, like, you'll have this, like, quick instrument break, and then you'll have, like, maybe six bars, or not bars, but whatever, of uh, just drum and percussion and like rapping and mm-hmm. then just a quick like hit of instruments and then it disappears again it's just yeah it's it's fine when it's happening and i i do like it but again i feel like it was starting to get overused even this early into the album yeah oh no and it comes back later on although i do like how they do it later on and i'll explain it when we get there but yeah i mean yeah i'm i'm like hit or miss on it to be honest uh for this one i do appreciate that thus far, for the last four songs, I didn't really feel like any song was a carbon copy of the one that came before it. So I did appreciate that this song did sound a little different, kind of added something. I'm still not sure if I think it's cool or not, but it added something regardless. Um, I honestly probably could have listened to another minute, but I don't know what they would have done in that minute that would have been any different than I, what I just heard. But it, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. It, uh, it, this still, that snare kills me though. Like I listened to it and it, it just, it kind of reminds me of like a bop it where it's like you hit it and it's like boing, boing. And I'm like, ah, don't even uh, get me started just, on bop it. <laughs> it, it. It sounded fake, but at some point it kind of starts to just sort of sound funny. And then you just, you take it as funny and then it doesn't bother you nearly as much. Cause you're like, ah, oh, they meant to be funny. They meant to be humorous, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. I think there was a point in the song when I wasn't even thinking about it anymore. So like mm-hmm. it, it must have not bothered me like too much. It was distracting yeah. when I first got into the track, but then after a while, I'm not even thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I know you said you could probably listen to it for another minute, but I also agree that like, I don't know what else they would do. So yeah, yeah. like the song was like, uh, I have it written down two minutes and 26 seconds. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I don't personally feel like a lot was going on with this track other than, like, some of the weird sounds. Yeah. Uh, so, 226 seems like a fitting number yeah. for a track like this. Fair enough. They just uh, recycled a lot of their own lyrics from other songs and just recorded this one. Well, I mean, they have an entire A-side, B-side to fill, right? So. Which I have a note about that coming up once we get to the B-side of the album because I'm a little puzzled by it, but hey. 
yeah. at each throne, I suppose. All right, so song five, because I think we're done with posse and effect. Yeah. Uh, slow ride. Um, right away, the the war low rider sample uh, is is a lot of fun, super bouncy with the halftime feel. So it's not going like the pace of the original. It's just kind of halftime, and I kind of like that. Yeah. So that's fine. And um, I, this is this is the the song that I had to point this out. For all the tracks that they talk about the amount of rhymes they have, they sure do recycle a lot of them. <laughs> they talk about getting yeah. dusted a whole lot. They talk about, like, I, I can't even remember at this point because, like, they say a lot of shit, but, like, a lot of their rhymes, especially the ones you feel would be unique, yeah. happen millions of times in this album. They say Brass Monkey a second time before that the too. actual song. <laughs> They just really like that alcohol. But I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. They, at this point, it just feels like they're literally just regurgitating and recycling, like, the same rhymes over and over. It's just like, do not brag about how often you recycle. because you, Don't humble brag about recycling. Yeah. <laughs> I like the hand drums. Oh, yeah. Those are cool. Shrug shoulders. Hard, hard, hard stop. I like the hand drums. That well, yeah, because it sounds different in this as compared to like again the other songs. They they yeah. made an effort to sound different. Yeah. So it's appreciated considering like some of the songs were kind of starting to feel repetitive and just like even yeah. even with their so their their tone and just style and composition all together. Yeah. Like I, I guess. I, oh, I was just gonna say like I guess eighties rap didn't have a whole lot to work with aside from like just burning through samples. So, like as yes. towards today's rap, like you know, people actually to sit down like synths or like program some sort of like arpeggios or something, something along the lines of that. Back then, yeah, they didn't really have that. So I mean, granted though, Beastie Boys did have a bass and a guitar that they could have used, but they didn't. <laughs> it was taking a rest in the corner of the studio. It's fine. Or maybe you should pay it to work overtime. I, <laughs> I, going off of the uh, <laughs> the you know sort of artist sampling and doing stuff now i've i've heard a couple things like a couple of uh i guess comparative videos on youtube where they'll take like the the finished song and then they'll like show all the samples that are in it and some of those samples are so like manipulated where it's like they'll be they'll stretch them for tempo or they will put in like a like a much higher um, like range and stuff like that. So it's like when you hear the original sample, you're like, "There's no way that that's in this song." Oh, but yeah. I find like song like songs like 30 years ago, they didn't have, I guess, those resources, or they just didn't use them. I don't know. But like sampling back then, I feel like is so obvious. You're like, "Oh, I know this. I know that. I it's carbon copy." But now it's like, yeah, I took this, but I did 17 things to it. Sure, I still have to pay the songwriter. Yeah. But you listen to it and it doesn't sound the same, which unfortunately I don't like new hip hop. But I think I might just for the innovation that way. There is a lot of good new hip hop like n n huh? n I'm not talking about like you know trap music and everything like that I'm not personally yeah. big on that kind of stuff but I mean like there are some like real gems out there like even Run the Jewels is probably like one of the best acts going right now for like rap and hip hop and like they're fucking incredible their production's amazing and they don't just like mumble like they actually like say words that you can oh, hear oh good please thank you and they're both like amazing 
like yeah. lyricist. They're so good. Anyways, I mean, fuck, we're gonna have to do, do one of the jewels one day, aren't we? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. Even with the sampling, like what they would do back then was just like literally slap a record on the turntable and just find a portion that they liked. I don't know because like nowadays you can play a part of a record and hit a loop button on like on your little like, little board next to you and just have that kind of go and just scratch on that. I don't know how they did in the 80s. Maybe they had the same thing, but, like, more archaic, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah, regardless, I mean, this one was interesting with the lowrider. Yeah. Yeah, well, come coming up near the end of the album, I feel like every sample they had, they're like, we're going to get our money's worth. I have a note about that because I know Ugh. exactly what you're talking about. Yep. Um, I love how much we stretched out a song we had literally nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> so that was... That was slow, right? We, we do this all the time. If you've been here before, you know we do this. <laughs> we don't end up talking about the album. We're just going to talk about French fries or dinner plates now. Or we can talk about Girls, the next song on the album. I believe this is the uh, the end of the A side. I didn't check the record size, but I think it is. Oh, yeah? Uh, so, Girls. What, yeah. a, what, a, what an absolute surprise. <laughs> Question mark? I, I have two notes and um, sometimes I try to sort of reword my notes. So I'm not just reading it verbatim, mm-hmm. um, but uh, taking into account they were in their early twenties. I still don't really care for this song and it's an interlude. It's okay, but seems like a novelty. That's oh, yeah. it. I literally have nothing else to say about the song and no history on why they wrote it or when they recorded it, but it just seems like something that they just slapped on because they thought it was funny one day. Well, everything rhymes with like, hey, for example, everyone, like every single rhyme is just that for the entire thing. Um, so I'll read some of my notes verbatim here just because, I mean... I kind of wrote them in that style that I was going to read them like this. <laughs> yeah. So the smile that cracked on my face when that Cynthia's Xylophone kicked in. A song that feels it's requested more on retro radio for laughs. And again, I think I mentioned that. Uh, I don't know if it's on or off camera, but regardless, yeah, like on Edge 102 out of Toronto, for example, like on their retro lunch, I've actually heard girls come on the radio. It's, it's, a, it's, very, it's a short song, like two and a half minutes. It's probably actually longer than it should be, to be honest. Yes. <laughs> um... I don't think anyone actually requests the song because they like it. They probably just think it's hilarious because of the way it sounds and you wouldn't expect this song. Yeah. It's so cartoony. It's ridiculous. Yes. I've never actually thought of that descriptor, but. It's very cartoony. Yeah. Um, Look, I'm not about to tear the song down, though. I'm really not. Like, obviously, I I don't care for it. But you know they did this song for shits and giggles. Like, this, you know that they don't take themselves too seriously. Oh, heck no. So, I mean, I, I respect that. Like, if you want to have fun in your music and just have a fucking time, have a time. Like, seriously, do it. I, and, like, people will dislike it, but, I mean, the idea is if you're having fun, just have fun. Yeah. Yeah, and as I said, like, it just they don't take themselves that seriously. Like, sometimes they do, obviously, but a song like this, not so much. <laughs> yeah, and, like, like I said, they're they're in their early 20s, so it's, like, they're you know they're young guys it's like really what what do you expect from young guys other than an entire song about girls so 
knows? Although the lyrics are a little questionable at points, but uh, I'm not doing a l- lyrical breakdown on that one. I mean, surprise, they're, they're slightly sexist lyrics in 80s and 90s rap music. Gasp. Maybe that's why I don't pick up on it. I listen to it going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. A girl Sounds to good. clean my dishes, a girl to clean my room, do my laundry, like all that kind of stuff. And they're just like, I want to fuck you, but I want you to also clean for me. Mommy issues. Housewife, please. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, probably mommy issues. Yeah, lock that down. Okay, so I think we're flipping to the B side of the record now, which is this. I'm going to bring up this note now because I was actually puzzled by this. Two of the biggest hits on this album are on the B side. Like, Girls yeah. is on the A side, and Fight for Your Right to Party, song seven, is on the B side. And that's like one of the more well known tracks by the Beastie Boys. So, yeah, here we are at song seven, Fight for Your Right to Party, on the B side. It's just so weird. Huh. Yeah, I never, I, I didn't look at the, uh, like, the vinyl orientation. I didn't either. But, uh, I'm just assuming because, like, this dang. is the halfway point. So, I would assume. Yeah. Huh. Well, then then that means that three, no, three, four, five, the next five songs are all singles. Maybe that was just a, a, a this song is actually satire. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, maybe this side of the album was satire to like all the rock music of the past where like the A sides were the golden and the B sides were whatever. Oh, so maybe, maybe, maybe they flipped it on its head on purpose. Because you can't tell me, again, with Rick Rubin, who's just like, super solid producer thought it was a good idea to put all the singles on the B side. Like there was a reason this happened. It it wasn't just by accident. It couldn't be. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five. Are you recounting the singles? Yeah. Okay. So there are two singles on the first side and five on the B side. See, that's crazy. I I think they flipped it on its head. Yeah. But okay, uh, Fight for Your Right to Party, yep. obviously, very well-known single music video from the Beastie Boys, which I think has a, like, I didn't, again, I should have watched the video before coming in here, but I think it has a lot of cameos in it, too, uh, from other musicians, yeah. probably on the same label. I think Rick Rubin himself is even in the video. Okay. Can't be certain, but I believe it is. Um, I guess it's not surprising that they have, like, a full-on rock track. You mentioned earlier, like, one of the songs felt a little more, like, straight rock. Yeah. This. Was your straight like they they were barely even rapping at all like they were literally just kind of singing slash yelling, yeah. And because of like you know they used to be a punk band and everything like that and the elements they've used up to this point as well it makes sense. I like the uh, be. I never really understood how different music sounds when you're listening to it through headphones because it's like you're literally physically in it and just listening to the chugging guitars through the entire song. I, for some reason, I feel like I missed how consistent it is through the whole track. And I really appreciated it because like you said, it, it doesn't feel hip hoppy. It doesn't feel rap. It just, it, it just feels like a song that I would hear on the radio now. I mean, I do hear it on the radio now, but it's, I don't know. It, it, felt weird on the album because it's not very rappy but it was like a breath of oh I like this this is sort of a you know I can get into this and from a rock music fan it's always nice to have just a little bit of something that you like on an album you're unfamiliar with 
<laughs> well, I mean, it probably helped, too, that this is one of two tracks where Mr. Carrie King of Slayer appears. Ah, yes, yes. Uh, he also appears on the next track, which we'll get to. Uh, I did know about this one, though. Yeah, he, he just does lead guitar. Definitely not the solo, because it does not sound like a Carrie King solo in this song <laughs> at, in the slightest. Yeah. If anyone's listened to Slayer, you know exactly what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> he just kind of rips like fucking whatever. I don't even know if oh, he knows yeah. what he's doing. But anyway, um, yeah, so this song, as I mentioned, like about satire, about A-side, B-side, this song is satire too, which apparently a lot of people just missed the point of that, which I'm one of them. I'm not going to pretend like I'm all pretentious and shit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this was supposed to be like be a rock, uh, like a knock on like all these rock anthems of like the 70s and stuff like that. Um, but the problem is you want to have a song that satires those kinds of things and makes fun of it and the people who listen to it uh you're going to have a hard time getting that point across when the demeanor the band has been getting off the entire time yeah. has been this kind of like jokey, young, slightly immature, rebellious type thing. So, I mean, how are we supposed to get the point you're putting across? Like, you can't suddenly yeah. like want to be serious. And like the video doesn't help that fact at all. No. And like the lyrics kind of flow with the rest of the album, too. So like it's not it doesn't sound like something they wouldn't say themselves. Yeah. So, like, again, how are we supposed to get this point? Yeah, I think I heard that before. And then, you know, you listen to the song with that idea in mind. And you're like, I wonder if I hear it. And I don't I don't hear satire. I just, like you said, I hear, you know, frat boy. Yeah. That's, that's really it. But for me, the song is cheesy. But the music is just, it's on. It's tight. It's on. I love it. You could put any other lyrics to the same vocal melody and I'm still going to like it. So I feel like that's that's a sign of a pretty well-written song. Whether the lyrics are different or not, the song is still still on it for me. I like You're it. You're on point. Exactly. That's exactly what I wrote. On <laughs> point. But yeah, it's insanely catchy. Well-paced rock tempo and everything like that. Parody or not, like you have a certified hit on your hands. You really do. Oh, hell yeah. And uh, I, I had to make the joke because, like, you have a tendency to rank lead singles as, like, you know, number one on your list. So I actually wrote verbatim, this will probably be Savannah's number one on her rankings because it's a lead single. Yeah. Just calling I'm you out now. I'm a typical radio listener. Give it a good 10, 15 minutes. We'll find out if I'm right. Yeah, I won't tell you before then. You're not allowed to. It's on the list. I can tell you the song is on the list. So. Thank God it made it. it damn right. All right, song number eight. No sleep till Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, for the final time on this album, hello, Carrie King. <laughs> uh, definitely more of a presence, like a heavier presence by Carrie King, including the guitar solo. But yes, he's here on this one too. I'm I'm into it. Um, I didn't know that this al this song was on this album. For some reason, I thought it was later on. So pleasantly surprised. Um, I feel like it's a good intro to the BC Boys if you're a rock music fan because you get the rock music, but you still kind of get like the rap sort of verses. So it's like you kind of you're, you're dipping your toe into it before you get into like the real hip hop rappy stuff. Um, yeah, like prior to like Fight for Your Right, which was like, there wasn't really any rapping in it, as mentioned before, like it was like straight just rock kind of yelling, singing type thing. Yeah. And so it's this like, one actually had like rapping in it. Yeah. And like you want to listen to it and you're like, wow, like I, I really like the guitars, I like the drums. 
you know, maybe I can overlook the, you know, sort of the rap lines, but I like the music. And then the farther you'll go into it, you're like, all right, I'm starting to like the, uh, the rapping. And then it, you know, changes, but uh, I like the solo and some, some little part of me was like, give me a record scratch. Just, just give me a record scratch over that solo, please. What Alas, if it record scratch and then happen. completely reverse the solo? So you just like, that is part of the solo. It's just a record oh scratch. It goes all Tom Morello with it. <laughs> Contacting the devil. More or less. <laughs> um, yeah, the vocal flow obviously felt different in this one as compared to the other one, like a Fight for Your Right. Um, it picked up the pace and it was on top of a slower beat too. So I kind of mm-hmm. like that. That felt kind of cool. My issue is that the vocals, maybe it's just me, but they felt buried. Like they yeah. felt quiet. They felt quieter behind the instrumentals. Like I wasn't using my headphones to listen this time. That could be an issue. I don't know. But from what I heard, yeah, just yeah, I could still hear the vocals, but they're not as out front as they should be because like lead vocals, unless you're going for a particular feel, are supposed yeah. to be like front of the line with everything else kind of like dancing behind it. Yeah. This one was just like way the fuck back here with every, especially the guitars like up here. So I mean. Yeah. I don't know that it bothered me a little bit. Not so much that I like hated the song, but like I was definitely kept noticing it. And yeah. you mentioned you like Carrie King solo. I thought it was out of place. Oh, really? It didn't do it for me in this one. Like, you know, people love Carrie King and what he does, and especially with Slayer, obviously. But I mean, like, I don't know. This, this one felt a little strange to me. Like, I guess it's nice to have, like, a noteworthy guitarist on your debut album, especially, like, a label mate, so maybe it'll yeah. get more eyes on the product. Uh, you know, obviously going, like, ripping on the guitar, going nuts. But, like, it just felt messy and over-the-top as compared to, like, the polished beats of the song itself, so... Interesting. I'll have to listen to it again with those uh, with that in mind just to see if if I hear it. I mean take that with a grain of salt if you will because i mean i could be way off my fucking rocker i don't know yeah well i mean if you've proven anything today you are but i mean i'm still gonna you know i'll still take take a another listen i didn't know that it was carrie king when i uh when i listened to it it wasn't until i was writing the intro that i was like hold up really wait you heard that solo and didn't think carrie king no i don't i don't listen to slayer enough to discern the guitar playing to be fairly honest the only band that someone can play me the first couple lines to even if it's a brand new song and i'm like yeah this sounds like dream theater no matter what hmm. <laughs> yeah i think it's john petrucci's guitar tone and playing i can point out immediately everyone else i'm like i have no idea that's kind of how i feel about nine inch nails like i, d- yeah. I just know when i hear trent like I, d- I just know yeah it could be a brand new song you've never heard before and as soon as you hear it you're like I know this. Except for God Breaks Down the Door. When that song came out, it confused me. I was like, this is Nine Inch Nails. Oh my God, it is. <laughs> that that was that freaked me out, but it was also a good song. But we're not talking about that today. Oh. One day. One day. One day we'll get into a Nine Inch Nails album. Wink, wink. Not anytime soon, so don't get excited. But there's going to be one coming, I promise. Okay, so uh, yeah, that's No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Yep. Uh, so let's go on to Paul Revere. Um, I'm going to say it right off the top. The reversed hi-hats get annoying very, 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 very quickly in this song. Like well, that's th- what that is? It's like, I think I was reading, it's like a reversed uh, Roland 808 drum machine. So okay. like you got you got the closed hi-hat sound. Uh, there's, there's even like kicks and snares that are slightly reversed too, which yeah. I like those portions, but like that hi-hat needs to go to hell. Yeah. Because like everything else adds something nice sonically and it was interesting, especially like with the bass drum going reverse. 
But like it the hi hat messed it all up for me. It really did. Yeah. I uh I wasn't sure what I was listening to, but I put uh, the main riff slash whatnot, whatever that was, uh, sounds like what I assume an alien abduction would sound like. It's just, it Fair sounded enough. very, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't place it. It's, I spent the entire song going, what the hell am I listening to? So thank you for that. Um, also oh. this, the, um, the lines in this song, like the lyrics uh, felt like a relay race where someone someone's running and they say they're lying. And then they're like, here, MCA, take this. And then, you know, he starts rapping and then he's like, here, Mike, take this. And then he takes the takes the stick and keeps running. The amount of times that I had to fucking hear MCA did this, MCA did that, Ad Rock did this. I That was annoying. I found that annoying. And is Paul Revere the guy, the lumberjack guy? Wasn't Paul Revere the guy who said, like, the British are coming? I'm not really I good with my history. don't know. I thought Why he was a lumberjack. Hold so. on here. Paul Revere. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and leave this in because now we can show everyone that we're not good with history. Yeah, no, I, I'm terrible at that. I remember being in history class in high school and American my revolution teach- it'd have to be him yeah. I think he ran like he was on a fucking horse and he he told everyone the British were coming the British were coming I think that was him oh yeah he <laughs> warned the colonists about the British attack so yes I was correct you were wrong sweat off my mind <laughs> sweat off my brow <laughs> Paul Revere was a narc it, it changed history <laughs> I don't know but um it's funny how you mentioned like the 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 way that the lyrics were done in this one. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the storytelling element of that because like, oh, yeah. I, I made a joke saying, what a charming origin story. One almost killed another one o- over a beer. Uh, they fled to the border so they could party. They killed and robbed people. It's those precious moments in life, you know? <laughs> I didn't say understand the irony. Well, that's probably why. <laughs> I would like to believe this is an actual real origin story, by the way. <laughs> this is exactly how they met. And for some reason are still allowed to make an album and they're not in jail. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, money buys you freedom, right? If They didn't even have that at this point. Oh, God. Uh, but, yeah, not a whole lot happening in the track. But I did. I actually like the storytelling, el- storytelling element of it. it. It felt a little fun and because, like, you know, it, it was like listening to an audio book with music behind it. <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I, I think I might disagree with that part. Um, I didn't say you were allowed to. The, uh, moving on. The, <laughs> um, like the storytelling, that's cool. Like I, you know, I like having the mental images when I'm listening to songs. But I think just the repetition of their names, it was just sort of like, I don't know, kind of kicked me out of any sort of mind fantasy. I'm like, oh. MCA did this, then he did that, then he did this. Oh, MCA, take the mic, and now it's your turn. I'm like, oh, I don't stop it. Well, I mean, I guess we, we don't want to get confused of who the hell's doing what or what the hell's happening in the story, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I haven't listened to, like, a ton of Beastie Boys, so I don't know how many other songs do something like this or if any do at all. But, oh, I mean, yeah, me maybe this is their, like, four-way, four-way, if I'm using that word correctly, into storytelling. I don't even know if I'm using that right. <laughs> 
That's it. I'm staying up all night listening to the Beastie Boys back catalog. Well, I at least hope you don't regret it. We'll see. Well, we'll we'll wait until we get to Hello Nasty because I can I, I can recite three MCs and one DJ, ver, like word for word, the entire thing, all three of their parts. I can't do much in my life, but I can do that. That's like me with Forgot About Dre. <laughs> you start doing it, everyone's like, what? <laughs> I was out oh. with a friend of mine once and just like, they're like, oh, I didn't know that you like rapping hip hop. And then I started like silently, like started, not like rapping intensely, but just kind of like saying it. Yeah. Obviously not saying the N words in the song. I, I obviously, I'm not going to do that. But the thing yeah. is, I got it like damn near perfect all the way through. And they're just staring at me like, you're not done, are you? <laughs> and it's like, Hell you're no. not, you're not done the song. So you just put up one finger and you're like, no, wait for it. Wait, I'm almost done. No, I just have one more chorus. I was like, you know, the song, you know exactly where I am. You'll know when I'm finished. <laughs> Now sit down and shut up. Alrighty then. Moving on. Hold it now. Hit it. That's song number 10 eh. on this album. Eh. 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 <laughs> Just um, weird squeaking alien noises. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. Clown nose. Uh, it didn't really do much for me. Um, it was nice as something new with like the song title sample i don't know it kind of felt like they just clipped it from the tv um it was just a lot, a lot of samples sound like that especially if they're older records yeah i actually kind of like that though it's charming like that's kind of cool yeah it's like you're uh it's like you're flipping through the television mm -hmm. um but yeah this for me this song was i don't know it, it didn't i i don't know how else to describe it other than it didn't like hold its shape to me i felt like it sort of was a bunch of little bits that just didn't really stick together for me yeah um with this one like it kind of had like a different style of percussion as like the other types i i use the term alternate style of percussion although i i probably should have wrote a descriptor but i didn't so we're just gonna go ahead and say alternate style of percussion you listen to the song and tell me what you think but yeah like it felt different with it and i i liked it for that reason yeah um there were like these little breakdowns between the verses and uh they're probably the most interesting part of the entire song uh because yeah other than that it was just bland whateverness just kind of getting from one to the next yeah um I do like the vocal flow more in this one, though. It, like, it felt, like, as especially compared to, like, previous tracks, because, like, I felt they were more laid back than they have been. Mm -hmm. I don't, I, I didn't even really know how to explain this. I'm looking at my notes, and, like, I don't even really agree with saying what I have written here, because I was, like, it felt more laid back rather than this trying too hard to hit the mark type style that they've yeah. done previously. Like, the other tracks didn't feel as natural in its presentation. How about that? Whereas this one just, like, felt like they, they were just, like, loose, not going too intensely and just yeah. doing a song. So I liked that portion of it. Yeah. But it's just too bad that this, the rest of the song wasn't there to complement that style. Yeah. Yeah, it just sort of, for me, it was just, like, little little parts that I'm like, I would like this independently. I would like this independently. But for me, having it all together was just kind of like a kind of like a buffet of sound it was all oh, right because some think, of I that think, i think the buffet is coming soon oh we'll get there well this is this was a buffet i was like mm, not that hungry 
This is like the, uh, the the starter section of the buffet, but then like the main course portion that's like even longer. Yeah, that, that's the up. one. We're at, we're at the starter table right now. <laughs> yeah, you're loading up on rice, and as you walk to your table, you see the crab legs, and you're like, God damn it, I got too much rice. Yeah, rice, salad doesn't really matter, but then yeah, you see like the, <laughs> you see the the big things down the way there. They're coming. Oh yeah. I have a very funny note about that. But first, we have to go through uh, two more songs before we get to that particular one. Yes. Song number 11, Brass Monkey. There you go. It's mentioned again. It's got a whole song unto itself. The yep. beverage, not freezing your balls off. <laughs> um, For me, I don't really have much to say about this one. Like, I've heard it a million times. Heard You've heard this the... one? Oh, yeah. I don't recall this at all. Oh, really? Oh. Like, did you uh... hear it growing up? Or, like... Like when you I, weren't here in Hamilton? I don't recall. I know that I've heard it like as a teenager, but I don't know if that was one of those, hey, I'm going to download everything on LimeWire or if it was a, hey, I downloaded, you know, the top 200 songs from the 80s. Could have been I think there. the statutes of limitations are off on that. So you're lucky you're not going to get arrested. <laughs> Ha ha, I stole. Anyways. Ha ha, I used Kazaa and LimeWire. Ha ha. And then uh, Bear Share after uh after I Kazaa do not know down. what that is. Yeah, yeah. LimeWire and Kazaa were my things. LimeWire, FrostWire, Bear Share. Oh, yeah. Yep. When you're poor, you're poor. Um. So I guess really the only thing that I had to say about this was it sounds like the horns are speaking to me in a language that I don't even think it is fluent in. I'm trying to listen to the notes and it just sounds like somebody's learning how to play, but it sounds appealing to my ears, but I listen to, I listen to the notes and it feels like it's like, and I'm like, what is this? But it doesn't sound bad per se. It just sounds like it's yelling at me in some sort of alien language. I know exactly what you're talking about because <laughs> I wrote notes on it and I actually really like it. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it, it's an interesting style of writing. Like, again, I'm not good with music theory, so I'm not going to pretend to name off things that I think it is. I'm not that yeah. confident in my speaking or my English. Um, <laughs> but I was playing it along on my bass guitar while listening to it because I got curious about, like, the notes that were being played. So I was like got your bass there and then I went to the high note like and everything like that just for the, that the horns work so you get your bass and then the horns kick in like pretty yeah. much over top of each other I really liked it because it felt out of place but I mean like I like when songs do that yeah. especially because it can be done smart too like you can you can have something in a song that sounds like it's not supposed to be there like notes or like just melody mm-hmm. but it somehow fits for some reason and yeah. it's really good I, I actually like that because I mean like this is another one of those songs, too, by the way, where um, things were grouped so tightly, but then they were also spread out really far from one another. Like, the, the, here's group A, this group B, and, like, you got to go through, like, yeah. all these bars to get it. Uh, but I I liked it on this one. It actually kind of gave me, in a small way, Public Enemy vibes. Oh, really? Uh, again, with, like, Bomb Squad-style production. I think I mentioned that even last week, too. I, yes. For some reason, even though it was Queens of the Stone Age last week. Don't remember what I was talking about, but anyways, that's a week ago. Uh, Public Enemy and Anthrax. 
Oh, that was uh, our bonus episode. Bonus yeah, episode. you're right. Did you guys watch the bonus episode? You can go do that. We rank 90 songs. Do it. Oh, yeah. uh, card above my head here. Uh, I'll just write like an hour or two on my sheet so I know how to put that in editing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love doing this on the fly. And I'm not hey. cutting this out. Fuck this. It's a little uh, fourth wall for you. Yeah. I just realized my webcam I'm posed like Jeremy Hotz right now. <laughs> I notice that I do that a lot. I sit there. And I just, I, like, put my hand... I, I stroke my little soul patch here. I'll, like, do this, like... <laughs> I'm just I, a I either, fidgety weirdo. I either pinch... I, okay, normally when I sit for too long, I'll start to get tired. So I'll sit here and I'll, like, pinch my chin. And then I'll start moving my hand over my face. And I'm like, I'm definitely not micro-yawning. Huh? Yeah. Well, that's why I usually have this pencil in my hand. I just kind of, like, move it around like this while I'm talking. So at least I'm doing something. Oh, I'm trying habit, not to talk with my hands too much. I'm trying not to touch anything on my desk because I'll end up tapping my pen or like moving my feet. And then all you'll hear is don't, 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 don't. Well, usually in, mine. I think in every episode we can hear you like hit the microphone stand. A hundred percent of the time I will hit it. I'm, I'm letting See, you I have know an right arm, now. So I can't hit mine. Like mine's like <laughs> attached to another table. Um, Today you will hear it again. Because I tried to push something under the shelf on my desk. Oh, and yeah. the back of my hand hit it. And also your arm hit your like little uh, spit filter there, your little pop filter. And I heard that. And I, I, I don't say anything. I just go through editing and I hear... Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> yeah. Well, soon you're going to hear, oh, shit. Shit. <laughs> in the background. Yeah. And that'll be the sound of me in editing realizing I have to actually like turn down that <laughs> volume manually after I compress shit. Anyways, that's sp- tangent sp- time. <laughs> sit here with my arms next to me. Yeah, um, move like five feet back. <laughs> but yeah, I I got I got not much not much more. I got a little more for the next two. I thought the the song was kind of interesting, especially with the, the unique uh, like the bass and the horns kind of going along with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to be confused about a song, but a cocktail. But I mean, like consider the songs of the years and multiple songs, multiple bands, genres that have written about alcohol. So why should I be surprised about a I guess I'm more surprised that it's just about a very specific cocktail that, like, not a lot of people know about. Yeah. It's not a song just about drinking whiskey or, like, oh, I'm chugging ale tonight, blah, 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 or whatever. It's, like, Brass Monkey. It's a mixed yeah. drink. Get it? It's, like, yeah. I guess. You could have just said, like, vodka or something, but okay. <laughs> it's, like, singing about a sex on the beach, but specifically that one shot and nothing else. I have a tangent about that drink, but I'm not going to get on it. Maybe in a bonus episode one day I'll do it. <laughs> I'll even write it on my paper here. Tangent about <laughs> tangent ideas sex on beach. There you go. Bracket, I, I don't even know if I'm gonna be able to read drink that later. And bracket. Yeah, uh, it's a pretty funny story. But anyways, we'll move on from that yes. because people want music. Low and people slow. want the Beastie Boys. Yes, low and slow. I mm-hmm. do absolutely love the slow jam vibe going on in this entire track. It felt really cool. Yeah. I like the chunky beats. That's always something that drags me in. Hence why I like the band so much, because LeVon Helm was really good at doing those slow, chunky beats. Yeah. Love it. I like the tempo. Mm-hmm. It is slow and low. I won't keep wanting to say low and slow, but that's for a roast. So <laughs> slow and low. Um, the guitars thus far have not grown old at all. Every time I hear it, I'm like, ooh, give me more, give me more. I like this. And... Uh, Whatever that glass tapping is, I'm into it. I'm into it. It sounds very homemade, I guess, where it's like they were running around the studio and they're like, shit, we need something. So it's like, oh, like, what do we, what do we got? Okay. Cups, cups and forks. 
And that's all it sounds like. And and I like I like that idea that it they was go to the hastily, kitchen. <laughs> yeah, that it was like hastily assembled. I like that idea. So I, I like the inclusion of that. It was cool. Um, I need all the Nine Inch Nails fans listening, if there are any right now, uh, to agree with me on this or tell me if I'm crazy because I need to know if Trent Reznor was influenced by this particular track at any point because like, he was influenced by like, a lot of 70s and 80s stuff, obviously, uh, being when he started Nine Inch Nails. This, like, he released the song Terrible Lie a few years after this, and, like, the kind of guitar sample-ish thing, or, like, the weird kind of choppy guitar that you hear in the verse, and just the style of it, sounds like the song Terrible Lie, and so, like, I really need to know if Trent Reznor was, like, influenced at all by this track. Just stylistically, I I don't know, so any Nine Inch Nails fans in the audience, let me know, even though I'm a pretty big one, I should know. (laughs) I'm trying to imagine that song to kind of go with this one. But all I hear in my head is doop, boop, 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 and just like the boopy part of Terrible Eye. That's all I love I hear. that synth. Don't talk shit. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> like, I really like that song. I own the album, but it's just one of those. I can't imagine any part of Terrible Eye other than that one, that one part, which I'm okay with. Fun I'm fact. Okay with that. But also, just the guitar song, like, dun, dun. Like that, that, that this oh, song, okay. Slow and Low, has definitely got that. And this is obviously older than Terrible Lie, which yeah. I think Trent wrote in like 88 or 89. Like, I think it was a demo before it was on Pretty Hate Machine. So I'm just wondering if there was like any sort of like that. And by the way, you want to talk about owning Pretty uh, Pretty Hate Machine. Do you own it three different copies on vinyl? <laughs> I do. No, no, but I own two different Simple Plan uh, CDs because they had two different covers. You shouldn't talk about that out loud. I was a teenage girl once. You're just a kid and life is a nightmare. Don't copyright strike me, please. I know that I was singing perfectly there, but still, please don't. I was going to sing it. I was going to sing it, but no, you know what? I want to keep my dignity today. You already mentioned Simple Plan. You lost it, really. Okay, but um, this, this song was fine. Didn't mind it, but I mean, like, there's like a sample of like a car driving away. That you constantly hear, especially towards the end. Like, I don't yeah. know what it is exactly. I mean, I guess it adds, like, another layer of sound to use. And, like, I can appreciate that. But, I mean, for my own style of production, if I was to use that exact same sample, like, I would say dull it a little bit so it, like, sounds not so sharp. Put it in, like, buried a little more in the mix so it's, like, still tonally there. But, like, not, like... It, it wasn't even that it was loud in this mix, but just, like, I don't know. If you just dull it and bury it a little more and kind of, like, have, like, as, like, a, an, a quiet ascending bass type sound in the background. Yeah. That would be a really cool addition. But just the way it was now felt really strange. I don't know. I don't know if I even heard that, but I am going to go back to it and listen to it again. You'll constantly because... hear this, mm, and it's, like, definitely a car. like yeah. Like, 100%, like, it's a sample of a car driving away. It's probably, like, a scene from a movie or something. Interesting. Yeah, I'll have to listen to that and kind of focus on it. There's a website called, like, Who Sampled, and, like, you can find out, like, every sample and, like, every song, essentially. That's cool. Gonna have to look up up this whole album, including that car sound. (laughs) And then I have to find out if Trent has anything to do with Terrible Eye in this song. But anyways, uh, all the things I could talk about Nine Inch Nails one day. Yep. But now we have to end the album with the last song, Time to get ill, but I wrote it as Tom to get ill because I clearly don't check my own spelling. <laughs> time first, to get ill. First thing I thought was, oh, time to get sick. And then I thought, yeah, ill, sick. And then I realized I'm white. 
Um, all the samples, all of them, every single one that they paid for is in this song. All of them. My note is literally, this song goes heavy with the samples. It's like they paid for a big blind bag of samples <laughs> and realized yeah. that this was the last track to use them. Like, for example, a Mr. Ed sample is in there, for Christ's sake. Like, I'm way too young for Mr. Ed, but I know what the fuck it is. Yeah. Why is that in there? And I'm like, there's a few others I don't remember, but still... It, it's like I'm flipping channels on a TV where it's like I'm listening to the music, but as I'm flipping, I still hear the music in the background, but it's just TV show and then another TV show, TV show. I'm like, this is, I actually kind of like that. It was, uh, it gave some sort of auditory interest, I guess. Yeah. It's kind of strange, but I was kind of into it. I mean, yeah, I guess that part of it isn't so bad, but I mean, I don't hate this song. I really don't. Actually, you'll find out that I, it's not the best song on the list, but I rated it pretty decent. Mm -hmm. But this is where I started to ask myself, does this album really need to be 13 songs? Because yeah. I mean, a lot of beats just start to sound like sim like similar, simple variations of each other. So I mean, like... It, it was at this point as the album was ending, I was like, give me something good to go out on. Like, it doesn't have to be this big, dramatic, epic thing, but just, like, do something a little different. Like, take me by surprise. Like, let's just finish this off on an interesting note. But aside from, like, the, the billion and a half samples that they somehow just <laughs> dug into a pillowcase and found, I mean, it just... I don't feel like a song like this needed to be on the album. Like, a few of them I could probably say that, but, I mean, it sounds good, but just... You should have did something else with it. And I mean, like, even the ending uh, kind of threw me off a bit. Like, it's a false ending where they kind of, like, echo out and fade out kind of quickly. And then it's like they left the record running a little too long. And so, like, the, the beat kind of loops back on itself and just plays, like, the last 20 seconds for no reason. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel it necessary, but it's there. I yeah, I, I got nothing else other than um, my my ADHD brain is like, give me more of different things. So I was kind of I was kind of cool with all of this. And uh, I uh, yeah, I don't know. Not my favorite, but it's not the worst. Mm -hmm. But I definitely do agree with you that some that this album could have been, I'd say, without any specific tracks. I'd say about two or three songs shorter. So maybe, you know, 10 or 11 tracks would have been good. Um, but uh, I would have kept this one on. And I probably would have kept it at the end too. Because it... Uh, Which you have used as many samples. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All of them. Just settle on like two or three and be happy with it. Mm, yeah. Just wait until one day when we eventually get into Death Grips because like... You will lose track in one song about how many samples they use. It's fucking ballistic. I love it. <laughs> My whole review is going to be, I know this song. I know this song. I know this Maybe. song. Maybe. Some of them and are so obscure. Are, like and these are the and these are the all these samples in this one song. And now, another 20 minutes for, I know this song. I know this song. There are videos on YouTube dedicated to, like, Death Grips albums and pointing out every single sample in every song. Like, there's some videos, like, 20, 30 minutes long. Like, it's... Really? They, uh... Okay, they, they maybe go. I won't... Maybe I won't do the analysis that way, then. There you go. Alrighty, then. We've discussed the album as we are supposed to do because that's part of our format. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you've gotten this far and you like all the tangents and like, I feel like there was more tangent than album in this whole discussion. As I said, <laughs> it's likely going to happen. Yeah, but yeah. if you like what we're doing, that means 
uh, you should probably hit that like and subscribe button here on YouTube. Let us know that you like it because obviously uh, it's been over an hour. You're still here for some reason. Thank you. And of course, Audio Realm to uh, like, follow, comment, rate, all that kind of nice stuff you can do to help build the community that you yourself uh, are, are helping to build and being part of and, you know, brick by brick foundation metaphor, all that uh-huh, stuff. Ha free labor. It's more like slave labor. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, you're all great. Seriously, it's fantastic. Thank yeah, you very much for listening. We love you. Especially for those Mr. Bungle views. Mwah. Yeah. Okay, and, so. Go ahead. Oh No, no. I, I was, again, going to thank everybody for bringing that into my life. So every time we bring it up, there has to be a required thank you very much. <laughs> for now, we need to rank some songs. Yes, yes, yes. Beastie Boys. The topic of the day is so above my head and above your head, too. Boom. Graphic changes. And now that means we can get to the song rankings. Hell yeah. And this is also being followed by the, the fact that you all liked and subscribed already, so thank you very much. Okay, so 13 songs to get through on this one. Big old list. Uh, so song number one, I mean, I can't be surprised. Girls. Girls. Hey, I knew I had a feeling <laughs> that one was going to be it. Yeah. Uh, Are we going to get at least two on this one? Uh, I... Well, since we started off so strong, I'm going to go ahead and say three again. Oh, last week you got the three. You actually got it. Hell yeah. Didn't think I would. All right. Number 12, Slow Ride. Hold it now. Hit it. Hold it. Number 11, Paul Revere. Slow Ride. Why is with every fucking week, these one-offs that just, mm, my God. Yeah, but you know, when you go first, it makes me look like the dickhead. Good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I say aggressively. Ouch. 10, Posse and Effect. She's crafty. I'm starting to not know about this. Because my number nine, she's crafty. Rhyming and stealing. Rhyming and stealing. Oh, rhyming, whatever. Actually, I gotta write a better descriptor word. I don't write the entire song now. I write like a single word for your list. So if I don't understand the descriptor, I'm going to be like, what the fuck is this? R&S. Okay. Number eight, No Sleep Till Brooklyn. The new style. Style. Uh, So yeah, uh, number seven is Slow Ride. Paul Revere. There's still some hope, but not for this one. Rhyming and Stealing is my number six. Brass Monkey. Number five, I, I, again, I have descriptive words. I have to actually look at my real list. Hold it now, hit it. Tossy in effect. Okay, uh, again, there it is. I, I, I got to stop writing description, just write the entire fucking word. So, n- number four, uh, time to get ill. Fight for your right. Fight it. Number three, the new style. No sleep till Brooklyn. And also, by the way, we're not matching on anything. Yeah. I'm promising that now. Because number two, fight for your right to party. Time to get ill. Time. Number one, brass monkey. Slow and low. Slow and low. Wow, I had them on as number 12. Yeah. We always seem to have this thing where, like, certain tracks are, like, way high on one list is way low on the other list type thing, vice versa. I was really hoping we were going to get number 13 and number one. Because for some reason that just, it pleases me how frustrating that is. <laughs> I'm fine with like number one. 
I th- don't we only have like one episode where we actually scored number one? That was Daughters. The reason they hate me. Uh, I don't know if we had another one. Dream Theater Home was number oh, one. Oh yeah, the top and bottom. Yeah, yeah. The moldy sandwich there. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you disappointed me on uh, uh, on Malibu Ken, and uh, you disappointed yeah. me a lot. But anyways, I yeah. Disav- I did. Yeah, you know what? My parents say the same. Whatever. Oh, good. We have something in common. <laughs> <laughs> Yeesh. Dark humor, anyone. <clears throat> Color pull. Okay, so we have one match out of 13. Uh, no yeah. surprises there that we suck at matching on things. <laughs> so now we can actually go on to the album rating itself. Yes. So editor me, Starwipe. Would you look at that? It's that tier ranking screen we always use and have been using for every episode because, I mean, what else would we do with rating records, right? Exactly. So you can see where everything else has landed before. And as I said last week with Queens of the Stone Age, I'd fix it. Little did I know, it actually ranked higher than Daughters by like 0.6%. So yeah, rated R's way up there in the B tier. Good for you. I like how high up it looks, but it's like 71%. But anyways. Nestled its way right in there. Between Pearl Jam and Daughters, two fantastic albums. Our first two episodes, by the way. Nice. So Beastie Boys this week, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) We went ahead... Listen to the song uh, songs, all of them, really, not just one. We discussed it. <laughs> we ranked our songs, and now it's time to rate the record. Yeah, yeah. So this week it's my turn to go first and say where I put it. Um, you know, I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. I was expecting more of this album, yeah. especially with how highly it's praised. Yeah. Don't hate the album. It's just it's not out there as one of the better ones for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I ranked this in C minus at sixty three point zero seven percent. Okay, I don't feel too bad. Normally, I am the shit. And, okay, oh, sorry, I'm not the shit. I am shit. Because you told me just before, uh, prior to this cut of us coming back that uh, you thought I ranked it higher. Or no, you ranked it higher than me. You thought mine was going to be lower. Yeah. So now I'm and, curious to know where yours falls. So yours was what, 63? 0. 0.07. 65.38. Okay, so it was still higher than mine. That's fine. It's, so 65.38, right? I mean, I didn't yeah. say, yeah, I didn't say how much higher, but with my, uh, with my trend or history of shitting on everything, I'm pretty okay with being a percent and a bit higher than you. So I, I did it justice. I think I did. a I, I did a good job. I think the, the bigger point is going to come in the day where I choose Nelvin. You rank it higher than me. Yeah. That would be really funny. <laughs> I think now, you've done that to me too. Multiple well, yeah. Times. Uh, Porcupine tree was the, the, I think the first, uh, no, I think that's the only one that this happened to, because it was such a shock. That's like, you ranked it higher than me. There are some albums that I pick that I've never listened to before. I just want to do it. <laughs> And that, that, I mean, that's fine. We're allowed to do that. I mean, uh, I, there's there's way too many. We, we will die before getting even like a 16th or a 100th of a way through an entire music catalog of uh, musical history. All right. So I was just uh, literally drawing out time there because I wanted to see where the album <laughs> ranks with the score. The score itself falls in the C tier, just regular old C, no minus, no plus. It's 64.22, which means it actually ranks higher than Dream Theater at 62.5. Mm. So now I'm just going to do this real quick as I'm looking at my screen, doing this live 
in Photoshop. Boom. There you go. 64.22. The Beastie Boys outranks Dream Theater. Somehow I'm okay with that. That's two hip-hop albums that have outscored Dream Theater. And you were very shocked about the first one because you didn't expect that to happen, but then it yeah. did. And now here's two hip-hop albums both like next to each other in the seat here. I'm 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 no longer shocked by anything. I this show is unpredictable and we're off the rails, so there's no containing us or our thoughts or hot takes, whatever you want to call them. Such controversial opinions on these albums. Exactly. Except when you look it up, they're like, yeah, yeah, we agree. Yeah, we agree. I'm like, no, I want to be controversial. And they're like, you're going to have to pick a different album then. wonder how the Weezer fans feel, the Guster fans feel, Tom Petty fans. Okay, just straight up, just... Just because you mentioned Guster. Okay. I'm pretty sure that I've heard architects and engineers before because every single time, like, so I, I listen to these albums on Spotify. Well, because I'm listening to them repeatedly, they're showing up on my daily mix or like my repeat rewind, whatever. So listening to Guster, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've heard this before, but before we even did the episode. And I know I've listened to some songs, but that one specifically. And then I realized, I think I like it. I I think I like this pop rock album. Uh-oh. Do we have to redux? I don't want to. Let's not do that. But... If you like it so much, we might have to. Opinions change. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then really it ends up being it, but... worse. And then I'm like, oh, shit. Well, I can tell you my score won't have changed. So it's literally yours would like determine yeah. where it falls. Like my score is still the same for Guster. Yeah. See, I'd rather do Tom Petty just to do him justice. But I know that just to spite me, you'd probably put it even lower than you already If did. I have to be subjected to certain songs again, yes, possibly. You're like, just stomp it into the ground. It would be so low. More or less. Mm. <laughs> well, there it is. We've ranked yet another record as if you were surprised that we were. We're going to leave it. Next time, we'll just leave you on a cliffhanger, do the entire episode, but then not rate the record till like the next episode. Stay tuned for follow and share for part two. Get yeah, well, yeah, that's that's what's going to happen if we put every episode on TikTok, just in three minute increments. <laughs> follow for part 28. <laughs> Yeah. Not swipe through. Yeah, but wait three minutes. At least give us the views. <laughs> but yeah, we've ranked a record, and there you go. That's where um, this particular album, Beastie Boys, I completely forgot the name already. I'm terrible at this job. Why do I do this? I'm a host. <laughs> yes, Beastie Boys licensed to ill ended up in our C tier, 64.22%. Not bad at all. Better than Dream Theater, uh -huh. apparently. But I, I you know what? Yeah. I, there's a note I'll make about that, too, is the fact that, like, same with this album. I didn't rate Girls too well. Uh, I wasn't yeah. too fond of that track. Obviously, you weren't either. Um, it's always like these albums that could probably be ranked pretty well if it wasn't for, like, one song. Yeah. Through Her Fucking Eyes, for example. If that song wasn't yeah. on that album, Dream Theater would probably be up in the higher 60s, if anything. Yeah. But no, that one song tanked the score. Uh, and I think it was Weezer with Can't Stop Partying tanked that review too like that would have actually been a like a high 50s type song for me i think or, so, or low 60s at least yeah yeah i i don't know there's always there's there is always that that one thing and then as soon as you maybe mark that as like a or like rate it as a two or three out of ten 
it completely negates any of the nines or tens because it just drops it straight down. Yeah, the so average just kind of starts to trickle oh. a little bit. By a little bit, I mean a lot, really. Yeah, that sucks. But anyways, we are at the end. You know where it is, so thank you very much for watching. If you made it all the way to the end, that means you like what we're doing. I at least hope that you do. So go ahead, YouTube, like, subscribe, comment, do all the things, build community, as I always say, build up. And then audio. <laughs> yes, that's right, I'm doing my hand acting now. And audio, of course, who can't see my beautiful hand acting. Uh, just go ahead, like... Uh, Subscribe if you can, I guess. Follow, comment, rate, all those things that really help build the community. Give us more presence and everything like that because as much as we want to be rich and famous, we want you to be there too. Just minus oh, yeah. the rich part. It's our money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all those money. All that money we're currently making right now and zero this much. Regardless, we want you to be part of the community. So go ahead and yes. do all those things. Help build us up and be part of it. Thank you so much if you already do that. And thank you for your continued support. Hell yes. So, you can always follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Rate the Record Show. So, Rate the Record Podcast. Again, that radio <laughs> show that I do is getting in my head, but I'm trying real hard. I'm trying. Uh, and of course, on Twitter at Just Rate the Record. And you can also email your comments, questions, requests to rate the record at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. uh, there's got to be a better division for this. Like, I. I record the radio show very close to this, too, so that's why it's, like, yeah. always so confusing in my head. It's even worse than the radio show, though, since I'm coming off of Rate the Record. Yeah. Anyway. Um, de definitely having two radio or audio-based shows that are RTR is definitely not well, the... R-O-R and R-T-R. Rate the and rock on. <laughs> but then record, yes, if that's a resolving point. Stressful. So we're obviously tangenting way too much yet again, so we can let you go. But before we do that, not a tangent, because we want to let you know what to expect next week. A little sneak preview, and I think Savannah's particularly excited about oh. this one for reasons X, Y, Z. Well, I mean, <laughs> oh, you left the door open, but I'm not going to say it. Um, <laughs> so it's my birthday, and I'm going to play what I want to. And what I want to play is my favorite band. So if you've been listening to any any show or any episodes, rather, leading up to this one, you may have heard me say it. Um, they are a trio. They're not the Beastie Boys. And if you know where Bubba's Bar and Grill comes from, you'll know who it is. So uh, don't look at Chris. He's a dead giveaway. Um but, uh, no, I'm not. But yeah. so, that's nothing. Oh, yeah. there's, there's another tree over here. We could be. We could very well be Primus. It it could be Primus. It probably is Primus. We'll we'll get to that. So Primus <laughs> next week. Yeah. Uh, we hope that you're looking forward to it. <laughs> it's not Primus. <laughs> I don't want to let anyone down too too early. But uh, if if you are a fan of this band, you are a fan of this band. <laughs> Yeah, there's not really like an in-between. No, it's you love them or you hate them completely. I actually know people who hate them, too. It's so weird. Me, too. My mom. She's like, every time they come on the radio, she's like, that's it. We're done. It's off. And I'm like, oh, excuse me? I later find out, find out that it's because it reminds her of my dad. So, Yikes. Nice. <laughs> Nice. Well, before we say too much to uh, completely spoil what the next episode is, because I think that the, the band name is on the tip of our tongues. Oh, I'm going to stop. 
Yeah, that's where we're going to cut off. So that's what you can expect next week. So make sure you come back. Same time, same place. We will be here. Brand new episode. Unlucky 13 for Savannah's birthday. Yay, I'm so excited. So until then, have a great week. Listen to some awesome music and we will see you again soon. Take care, friends.